Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. Working from home is the new normal for a lot of companies these days. But if employees are working from home... Are they going to be as productive as they would be in the office? How can managers make sure they're still working? Joining me today is Bill Higgs, an authority on corporate culture and the author of Culture Code Champion, Seven Steps to Scale and Succeed in Your Business. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. Hey, Vicki. It's great to be here. What are some ways that you would suggest for managers who distrust remote employees to rebuild that trust? You know, I think we're in a pretty interesting situation right now with this huge economic downturn. And we were in a huge downturn when we started our company. Three of us started it, and we took it from zero to a billion dollars. And it was totally based on creating a differentiated culture, which was based on real good communication. And I think what's happening right now is managers are more tightly connected to all of their people, and there's more communication than there has been probably in the last three years. They know their employee, they know their spouse, they know their home situation, they know if they have kids, cats, dogs, everything that's going on with them. So I think right now there's more open communication than there's ever been. And when we built that company, we worked that culture. A key thing that we worked on was good handoffs. So there's 100 handoffs that happen every day in a company. And just like in a relay race, if you can communicate both sides of that handoff and make it efficient, what we found is there was 30% savings in dollars and schedule with good handoffs. And I think the way to build trust, the managers with their remote workers, is to work on creating a good repeatable process and work on honing those handoffs between people and working that communication, even though it's remote between the people that are going to do the handoffs. And as they start to streamline and get them better, document that as your process. So when you come out of this, whether you go back to the office or not, you're going to have a much better process that will allow you to, what we always try to do is get it right the first time and not have a sloppy handoff that ended up going back and forth across two or three weeks and wasting a lot of time and energy you can get it right the first time, you'll be the better mousetrap in your industry. So I think for managers, it's working those handoffs, working that communication, and then that starts to build trust between the manager and those people that they're taking that baton and they're working it. How can leaders help employees be even more productive remotely than they were in the office environment? 
that's 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 always a tough one. But I think one of the things a lot of managers need to understand is is if you can make the work environment fun, you're going to win the hearts and the minds of your people. And if you can win their hearts and minds and win the hearts and minds of their family, it just starts to make everything more productive. And so, like, we did things, and you could do this remotely, like come up with a cookbook, and each family submits a recipe from grandma or grandpa and they have a family picture and they talk about what that recipe means to them and you you do this virtual cookbook but you're starting to get everybody involved and the other thing we did i call it hard copy communication we would send the newsletter home hard copy instead of just digitally because digitally people read the first paragraph or a couple of titles and then blip it off if it comes hard copy they'll read it If there's pictures, they'll show the kids. If there's activities coming up that they can be involved in, like you can do a virtual airplane flying contest with the kids involved. And if they get that hard copy and they see it and it's going to be fun, what you're doing now is instead of just winning the hearts and minds of your people, you're also getting that family involved. And now you start to lock that employee in where they're not going to go anywhere. Do you have other examples of how your company innovates to keep the workforce closely connected? Well, I think there's lots of different things. You just have to turn your brain on. Once we got a good culture going, and we did a thing called Operation Horse Thief, because <laughs> we were Mustang Engineering. So, you know, to a billion, but we were a horse company. So we had Operation Horse Thief. And so we asked all of our people and we'd ask them quarterly who are the five best people that you know in the industry and those people would go on our horse thief list as people that we wanted to try and attract and win and get them to come to the company because they would have our dna because of the recommendation of somebody that we already liked and i think an innovative thing right now during a downturn a lot of really good people feel disenfranchised by the leadership in their company because of the way they handled the downturn. And so in downturns, we would find that we could hire some of our best people because they were willing to move. So if you've got those lists, now's the time to be calling them. And it might sound a little heartless, but we would actually high grade during downturns, switch out some not so good performers for some awesome talent that was coming available. But I think the innovation there is in the downturn, how are you setting yourself up to come out even stronger? I'm speaking with Bill Higgs, an authority on corporate culture and author of Culture Code Champion, Seven Steps to Scale and Succeed in Your Business. Bill, as the pandemic has gone on, many business leaders have considered and implemented new ways to run their businesses. What have you learned about handling a fully remote workforce? One of the things is like we started during a big downturn and actually bought our furniture from three companies that were going out of business that were just like the business we were starting. And we asked them why they were going under. And two of them, the big reason was because they had too much office space for the number of people that they now had due to layoffs and things in the big economic downturn. And I think one of the things that leaders need to look at is can you go renegotiate your leases or get out of some of the space that you have because that's a big overhead component that can become an albatross around your neck if you're a smaller workforce now 
And then the other thing, when, when you start to come back, can you still keep rotating 20 or 30 percent of your workforce every week or two so that they're still working from home so that these methods that you've developed, you keep exercising them and you keep those muscles strong going forward and see how much of your workforce you can keep working remotely because that will give you an advantage going forward in terms of having a lower overhead operation, which really helps you goes right to the bottom line. If remote work continues well into the future, is having more empathy and flexibility for employees going to be necessary for business leaders? Uh, absolutely. That, that's a great question. I, I think uh, this pandemic and this economic downturn have moved us 15 years into the future mm-hmm. in terms of working remotely, having various working hours, even you know what days of the week you work, And I think there will be a lot more empathy for people figuring out what works best for them and their family in their situation. And I think the leadership is going to figure out a way to really listen to that and figure out how to incorporate it into how they do work. And I think it was going to happen. Uh, A lot of things have been moving in that direction slowly, but I think we've just hastened it by about 15 years. So, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's felt uncomfortable for the last six months. Probably going to feel uncomfortable for the next six or eight months. But then I think people will settle in and will have a new way of working in a lot of companies. If a work culture was shaky before the pandemic forced remote working, how can leaders improve that culture now when the workforce is physically apart? That's tough. If it wasn't that good going in, all of this exacerbates a bad culture. But in my book, I give seven steps for how to intentionally create the culture you want to be part of. And we use those same seven steps in eight different industries and in 12 different international offices. And those same seven steps work. And I would suggest even if you had a good culture or a bad culture going in, during a downturn, the first thing that disappears is all of the silos bust because everybody's in the suit together. So now it's they hold hands. we got to figure out how to get through this together. So right now, everybody's listening, and you can start implementing the steps of opening the communication, creating a great sense of team. Like We called ourselves Mustangers. So if you haven't named yourselves in your company, get a name. Uh, we had a mascot. Get your own song. Start building up these team-building methodologies. And then I've already given a few things on how to work to get better people and how to work on your processes to put out better product. But the other thing you can do during a downturn is you can cross-train people. And so I'm an Army Ranger, but in the Rangers, everybody knew each other's job. So if somebody went down, you could pick up and accomplish the mission. We worked real hard in our culture to cross-train people to where they knew the other person's job to about 70 or 80 percent and could actually fill in for them. But it also helped in those handoffs I talked about earlier. So I think right now, remotely, you can get people together and have them cross-train each other. So like our purchasing people were 70 percent as good as an engineer. And our drafters and designers were 80 percent as good as an engineer. And that allowed us to not have to go back and forth as much between the normal silos in a company because people could just handle it. I think there's some key things that 
they can do now to create that intentional culture. And what we found is we had 2% turnover, which is normally 35% annually in our company. And that goes right to the bottom line, about $20,000 per person that you don't turn over. But then because you're keeping people and your culture is good, you're going to be more efficient. So our bottom line was four times the industry average. So working on culture now to come out of this stronger, I think they're going to see it in their bottom line. They're going to see it in reduced turnover, and they're going to see it in more effective work. Here in our company, we had hired someone right before we started working remotely. So she didn't really have a chance to build relationships with our coworkers. Do you have any suggestions for someone who is in that situation? That's a tough one, but I think you, we always assign, we had what we call young guns. So anybody under 30 years old was in our young guns program. It's where they would meet other young guns because they always talk a little bit different language than the older hands. And so we would connect them that way. And then we'd also assign a mentor to them. So I sort of liken it to when you go into a big church. They immediately try to get you hooked into the choir or a Bible study or some small group within the company. I would say for a new person, how can you hook them into one, two, or three small groups to where they're getting good touches, good communication, and they can feel part of the team? That'll get them over that first two or three month hump and then you'll have them long-term. I've been speaking with Bill Higgs, an authority on corporate culture and the author of Culture Code Champions, Seven Steps to Scale and Succeed in Your Business. Bill, how can people get your book? Probably the best way is to go to culturecodechampions.com. You can get the book. You can get the podcast. I have videos in there on some things that you can do to start implementing these seven steps and you know, how to pick your champion for each one of those steps that's going to keep it going, you know, within your company. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Bill. Appreciate it, Vicki. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.